G'day and welcome to the Noob Sparrow podcast. It might be your first time listening today, so I'll tell you a little bit about us. Now, I normally co-host the show with Turbo, and we interview spearfishing experts from all over the world to dial in on their tips, tricks, and advice to help you become a better Sparrow. And today's interview is a little bit out of the ordinary. It's a return guest. Chris Dillon from South Africa joins Turbo for a chat all about an exciting um, film series that he's shooting with three other blokes that are very well known in the spearfishing world, MJK, Chris Coates and Barrett Harvey. And these guys are filming a 12-part TV series called Spear Junkies. And they're hunting 12 of the kind of the most sought-after fish in the world. And so today we find out you know all about this adventure and kind of you know the goings on with it turbo dials in on how to find some of these species what they've already learnt along the way so far because they're about quarter of the way into it and they also get in on some tips and tricks for for hunting them when you do manage to get put yourself in the right place they talk about failures and and have a have a good laugh along the way and uh before we get right into it um i want to give a couple of shout outs i had a few interesting i had a few cracker shout outs one was from Peppo in the Netherlands and uh, his wife's Puerto Rican and they go spearfishing every winter there but uh, he's he's tr- he's tried to do it in the Netherlands but it's actually illegal so he's um, he just wrote in and said your podcast is a good remedy for add- add- addicts like me you know who can't make it into the water all the time so keep up the good work fellas so thanks for that Peppo um, second on the list uh, actionable Concise, actionable information. This is the headline of our latest Audible review. Uh, You can get a copy of our book, 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing, available on Audible free. Just go to the the URL, audibletrial.com forward slash noobspero, and you can get our book, 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing, for free. And um, and you'll get a free 30-day membership, so check that out. Um, But he says, all of this information is included in the hundreds of hours of podcasts, He's kind of right. Most of it is included, um, but this is an awesome consolidation of that info. So we sort of we've compressed some of the tips down into you know just actionable, bite-sized bits of information, so you can implement it into your information. We also um, are in the process of printing the physical copy of the book, which is. Um, just just gone to the formatter now. We've just had all the advertisings in and it's going to the formatter. So we'll get that back and then we're ready to send it to the printer and get a sample copy, um, make sure we have the qualities correct and all the rest of it before we begin shipping out the rewards. Um, if you do want to actually check out our Kickstarter campaign, we had quite a lot of demand after the Kickstarter finished. So there is an option to continue supporting 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfish and get it. You can still get a copy on Indiegogo On Demand. I'll li- link that up in the show so check that out um yeah that's about it and the last piece of news is the blue water world cup these are the spear, spearfishing championships this year in uh california sur mexico in palapas ventana it's uh june the 24th to the 28th they've got a host of awesome sponsors as you could imagine um it's a, a very well known uh, event and if you're into hunting blue water pelagics like uh like many are then perhaps this is a, a good event for you to check out now I'll, I'll let you get into this interview uh just turbo and chris going at it i missed out again i would love to get on the line with chris at some stage but unfortunately uh, our times just couldn't line up so turbo did this solo but as usual he does a cracker job and stick around for for after the interview i'm going to tell you a little bit about some more um, articles and news getting around the spearfishing world at the moment 
All right, guys, let's get into this interview with Chris Dillon and Turbo right now. I just want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, Adreno. You can find them at spearfishing.com.au. They are one of the world's biggest and best spearfishing stores and stock every piece of spearfishing equipment you could ever imagine. They've got three locations, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. So go and check them out in store. But if you are shopping online, save yourself some money. Use the Noob Spiro code at checkout to save $20 on all purchases over 200 So that is at spearfishing.com.au and use the code Noob Spiro at checkout. Welcome to the show, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. It's a pleasure to be with you. No, absolute pleasure is mine, mate. And uh, some big news for you, mate. We're going to talk all about your upcoming video series, uh, Spear Junkies. And not a lot of people know about this, but uh, you're about to embark on a, uh, a massive world spearfishing tour. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, who the Spear Junkies are and uh, what you guys are up to? So... I was looking for something to fill my year with this year. Um, I decided to take a sort of semi-sabbatical from work. Um, I run a private equity business. I've been doing it for 10 years, and I was feeling a bit burnt out. So I spoke to my business partner and my wife and got permission to sort of take a week a month uh, to travel somewhere in the world to hunt large fish. And out of that was born the idea of forming a TV series called Spear Junkies uh, and doing a sort of guest on each of the trips who would be one of the Spear Junkies team members, hopefully a local in that part of the world. So we kind of picked some of the best South African and Spearers from around the world. Uh, and we're hunting 12 challenging fish in the world's best spear fishing locations and filming a 10-part TV series called Spear Junkies. So if I jump into who's in the team, um, we've got on camera, we've got Chris Coates, uh, a very well-known guide oh, yeah. and cameraman. Yep. And we also have Barrett Harvey, so Barrett um, and Chris both hail out of Durban and spend a lot of their time doing uh, guiding and camera work all over the world. So Barrett will also be doing the production uh, and all the video editing. So yeah, great guys. I've already been on a trip with both of them and on a trip with Chris. Yep. So yeah, and then if I can walk you through who's part of the team and who's um, going to different parts of the world. Wow. Mate, there's a few other names here. Um, I looked at the list and I've never heard of these guys and I'd like to know a little bit more about, you've got a guy here called AK. AK is his nickname. His full name is Adrian Creel. He's probably my main diving partner. He's an ex-national diver, dived for South Africa. Um, very strong diver um, and probably the person I've learned the most from spearfishing about. Um, and then we've got a young chap, a, a youngster, Jamie Bretsky, who's actually Mark Jackson's dive partner out of PE. So we'll be taking him to Inyaka with us um, on the 19th of May for him to, to hunt some large fish. He's also got some very good fish under his belt, a lot of big yellowtail kingfish. Um, he's, a, he's a very strong and, and young diver, very enthusiastic. Um, then we've got Enrique, Enrique Unitite. He's a Spanish diver who lives in Panama. Wow. I dived with him last year, both in the Caribbean and in the Pacific, and we'll be doing a trip there to hunt roosterfish um, and Kubera snappers. Yep. Um, then we've got another very strong diver, Johan Potkita. His nickname is Potty. Um, <laughs> he's shooting fish at 40 meters here in South yeah. Africa regularly. Um, he's an incredibly strong diver and uh, has some very good fish under his belt as well. Then we've got Niall Cameron, who's been on your show before on the Muscle Cracker. The legend. So Niall will be be traveling with me to Madagascar 
um, to do a liverboard trip with Chris Coates as our guide and cameraman. And then we've got one of the legends of South African spearfishing taking us to his backyard in South Africa to Zululand, which is north of Durban. Wow. And there we'll be targeting sailfish. Uh, you can get marlin there, but mainly we'll be targeting a large mulloway or dagger salmon, we call it in South Africa. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that'll be a very exciting. And I found that Richards Bay and Cape Vidal has some of the best diving in the world right on our doorstep in South Africa. And then the last two divers um, would be Mark Jackson. He's been to two or three world championships. He actually placed first in one of the days at a world champs where he shot a very large um, parrotfish at about 43 meters in a cave. So he's also a very strong diver. Uh, my main diving partner when I'm in the Eastern Cape. I dive a lot with him and his, and his dive partner, Jamie Bretsky. And then we'll be diving with Eric Allard in Latham. Uh, from the 4th to 11th of October. So that'll be a pretty exciting trip. Chris will be on camera or Barrett. I think Barrett's actually on camera there, uh, hunting the big doggies off Latham Island. And uh, and Wahoo, obviously, and other game fish. And then our final um, slot is actually still open. We're looking for a lady diver to join us in Tonga. I believe there's some very strong divers in Australia who Chris and Barrett know. And we're looking for a lady guest to come with us to Tonga and show us the ropes there, hunting with Rob Torelli's outfit in in uh, uh, in Tonga. And then our final trip, uh, we're also looking for a New Zealand couple who Barrett and I forget their name now, but we're chatting to them about joining us at the Three Kings Islands to hunt the really large yellowtail kingfish that uh, you guys get in that part of the world. So, yeah, just an amazing year. Spear Junkies was my idea. It's kind of quickly morphed into a very <laughs> comprehensive TV <laughs> series. <laughs> it got big, eh? <laughs> and when I worked out the cost, I nearly fainted, but uh, well, we're going full steam ahead. <laughs> it was a good thing. I didn't know what it would cost when we thought of the idea. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Chris and Barrett are my partners in the production of the show, so we're all shareholders in Spear Junkies, and we're going to try and get a pilot episode ready to show um, to distributors within the next couple of months. And then we're going full steam ahead on the premise that we'll be able to sell this to a couple of TV networks and really get some some interesting spearfishing and some interesting local stories of local characters, local cultures all around the world. Wow. All right, Chris. So that... That's the crew. Basically, that's uh, you've got an amazing crew there of Spiros and um, cameramen and editors. All right, so you've already been to Mozambique and Qatar. Can you run us through how the Mozambique trip uh, panned out for you guys? It was a fantastic experience. I mean, Chris Coates guides three or four trips a year there, so he's very experienced in diving that part of the world. I would suggest anyone who goes there to use local operators. We had a local guy, um, he has five or six boats, and one of his guides um, or, or the, the, the captain of the boat has done a number of spearfishing charters there with Chris. So you've got a local uh, knowledge in terms of just communications and making things go smoothly. Awesome accommodation right on Inyaka Island, a 10-minute uh, ride out to the first dive spot. Um, we were there to hunt GTs, uh, marlin, sailfish, um, and other, a couple of other reef species. We had a phenomenal trip. I was able to, as I said, shoot a marlin, and that was diving on a teaser. It wasn't uh, pulling the teasers behind a boat, which we feel is more of the purest way to hunt for marlin. We dived a place that was about 55 meters deep and one of the fishiest spots I've ever seen in the world. You literally yeah, have vortexes of big-eyed kingfish, uh, pick-handle barracuda in their thousands swimming around you. 
Wow. So we dived with quite a bit of chum there, a little bit of shark action. We saw a shoal of about 20 large, those greater hammerheads swim past us very close the one day. That was a great experience, really good footage of that. We all got great footage of the hunt of the marlin. So we both saw what Chris was filming. I dived down on it and um, was able to, 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 to shoot the, the marlin. It then proceeded to tow us about three kilometers um, with Chris swimming yeah. after it and jumping onto the boat to follow. And uh, I was then able to get the second shot in and secure the fish. But I had shot it with my Vela 130 Alemani. So I got a good lateral shot into the fish. And uh, it was a good holding shot. When I pulled the trigger, I said, no, this fish is mine as long as some very big sharks don't come along. And it's interesting. Yeah. I was surprised at how light the marlin was at 80 kilograms. To me, I've seen marlin before, but they look a lot bigger than they are. I'm, I'm two meters tall. And this fish was a good three meters long. So I think they just get fatter as they get bigger. They don't get a lot longer. Yeah. Um, but what a strong fish, eh? an amazing experience. Yeah. Um, we dived on a wreck in the Maputo Bay, um, and we dived it at high tide every day. Very challenging diving. You basically have a very strong current going the one way, and then it swings around and goes the other way as water rushes into the bay and out. It's a large bay. And uh, we had to, to line up. And I learned a very useful tip from Chris. What we would do is we'd drop two boys. We'd drop a first boy um, with another boy attached to the back of it with a, a, um, a sort of crayfish bag hanging down with a weight in it. So what happens is the, um, is the floats line up with each other and you can get the line of the current. So you can get a very ah. accurate current line. So you drive yeah. back all the way up the current line and you line yourself up, you jump in, you do your breathe up and you dive down onto that wreck and you hit it every single time because you can tell which way the current is moving. Um, yeah. That way, I mean, I saw a couple of big GTs on that wreck in the sort of 40 to 50 kilogram class, wasn't able to get a shot into them. You know, on a wreck, you really have to get a kill shot if you want to get the fish. Um, so I took my time. Uh, two of the fish looked like they were 25 kilos and I took the shot. Um, I lost another one of about 35 kilos in a cave that I'd gone into to look for them. I just didn't get that kill shot in the gloomy conditions that day. But, yeah, what an amazing experience. Um, maybe just to cover up a couple more of the, the really special fish that we shot there, we did some reef hunting, and I was targeting a, um, a grouper there, a Malabar grouper. Uh, after hunting for a couple of hours on the reef, we spotted one going into a large swim-through cave, some of the best structure I've ever seen anywhere in the world. So I swam yep. into the swim-through cave. I swam all the way through to the other side. I didn't find it, turned around, swam back. And as I got to pretty close to where I went, I saw it hiding in a little corner, managed to yeah. shoot right between the eyes and uh, and get that fish on the boat. So, I mean, I've got some fantastic photographs that we'll share with you of those fish. Chris yeah. Coates, to me, has to be one of the best underwater photographers in the world. Um, you know, the marlin that I shot, the photo that he got for me of that is just, everyone who sees it just says that's an amazing photograph. They're more amazed yeah. by the quality of the photo than my fish. Um, <laughs> likewise, <laughs> likewise with, the, with, the, with the grouper that I got. I also got a very large rock salmon. We call it a rock salmon. It's a type of snapper. And I got it in mm -hmm. a very small cave that I was kind of wedged into at the back of the cave. And I shot it. I thought I'd actually lost the fish. I went back to the surface, unspooled my gun. And then we found it coming out an exit on the other side and were able to yeah. secure that fish. So, so, yeah, sort of three really world-class fish that I was just amazed to shoot. 
I, I find Mozambique to be one of the fishiest places I've ever dived, southern Mozambique. There's a lot of life in the sea. We saw yeah. some wahoo. I shot a 15-kilo um, Spanish mackerel. I shot a 14-kilo pickhandle barracuda. Um, not a lot of fish. I sort of picked one or two fish a day that I was targeting. Um, you know, you can shoot 10 fish a day comfortably there, but we sort of, yeah. the part of the ethos of spear junkies is not just to shoot all the fish, it's to take that one or two fish in a full day's yeah. diving um, that, that, that you're targeting. Yeah, and that's the, um, I guess that's the good thing about spear fishing is just how um, selective it is. Chris, we haven't, I wanted to ask you, because we haven't had a lot of guys on the show that are, uh, marlin hunters or have hunted marlin and I'm pretty curious to know how you go about hunting marlin and, and how they behave underwater like how did that marlin that you're hunting uh, behave and what tips or tricks do you have for us um, for hunting marlin so I think I'd watched some videos on YouTube where the guy said you can swim really hard at marlin so that was my tactic um, we were <laughs> diving with a flasher and we had a Benito skipjack tuna below the, the flasher, sort of tied to it. So we were getting quite a bit of interest from the sharks. We had one, our first skipjack taken by a shark, and then we quickly put mm -hmm. another one on. Um, we were drift diving over, over this thing called the well, where they've got three or four rocky points and all that vortexes of fish are around. And after we'd been diving for three or four days, so it was a lot of diving, shooting a few fish, but really waiting for the marlin. Um, I looked down and I saw the bill and I knew this is a marlin. So I didn't even look at Chris. Yeah. I just dived down onto the bottom of the flash <laughs> and then I chased it as hard as I could. It doesn't look like it in the video because those things look like they're swimming slowly, but he was actually swimming at almost my full speed underwater. So I caught yeah. up with him. When he saw me charging him, he sort of stopped for a second to look back and thought, what is that? <laughs> and that yeah. was an unfortunate mistake for him. So I was able to get my <laughs> shot right through the lateral line on the middle of the fish from slightly above going down into him. Um, but so I believe that's quite a good way to hunt marlin. Um, you need some sort of fish on the bottom of your flasher, whether it's a rainbow runner or skipjack tuna or bonito, something like that. And the fish, were, the, the sea was actually alive with those fish. So what we'd normally do is catch them on a rod, other little yellowfin or bonitos on the back on our way out to the well. We'd trawl, pick up a couple of those, put them in the boat, and then we'd use those as a bottom of our flashes. So yeah, it was that was great. Um, but yeah, marlin really exciting. It's uh, you know you have to keep calm when you see one of those fish in South Africa. We've got a saying called book course, which is like mm. buck fever. And when you shoot yep. big fish, that can come over you. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I've shot quite a few fish over 100 kilos now. So once you've done that a few times, you tend to be a bit calmer. Um, and I was very calm when I shot that marlin, but uh, had been diving all day as well, which helps. It calms you down if you've yeah, been in the water yeah. a long time. Yeah, I'm yeah, also managed to kill my guide um, because we dive for six days and we dive from five o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night every single day. I'm wow. a very keen diver. This <laughs> <So laughs> was looking a bit haggard by the end of the week. He said he's never dived that hard before in his life. Um, but it was great fun and we, we met a good team and we became very good friends on the trip as well. Absolutely, man. That's, that sounds amazing. And from there, you guys, you had a little break and then uh, you headed to Qatar with uh, MJK and NASA, is that right? Yeah, NASA is one of his good friends who's up north from his holiday house. And I must say, MJK is a good friend of Chris Coates's. So we stayed at his beach house, um, which has to be one of the best spearfishing um, houses in the world. He has a huge room with all of his spear guns and his workshop. Uh, you can launch his boats off the end of his garden. 
So he's basically built a big shed with a slipway into the water. You jump onto his boat and there's a winch. You press a button and you launch into the sea. It's the most amazing oh, experience. Beautiful. Yeah. And the hospitality we had from MJK was second to none. I mean, he looked after us. They fed us. We had these feasts of fish cooked for us every night. Um, beautiful house that he has on the beach there. And they have like a family compound with four or five of his family's houses all next to each other. So, yeah, I mean, he was an amazing guy, brilliant diver. Um, a couple of days before I arrived, he went out with Chris and he was able to video um, MJK shooting a 39 kilogram cobia, which is what we were hunting there on the wrecks. Um, he also shot a 24 kilogram um, Spanish mackerel. Um, he shoots regularly Spanish mackerel over 30 kilograms, and that's the two fish we were targeting. Like all fishing, it doesn't often work out for you exactly as you hoped. Yeah. And uh, we traveled over 600 kilometers on the sea. I mean, these guys go at full speed in their boats. They have large engines. Uh, one day we we're doing 95 kilometers an hour with NASA on his boat. Wow. Out to a, yeah, it's just incredible. I mean, I've never been. Well, what's, that average what's speed is about? about 70 kilometers an hour. Wow. What, what are we talking here? What? It's a pretty long boat, monohull. It's probably about um, 10 meters long, and it has either two or three 300 engines on the back. And fuel in Qatar costs about 20 US cents or even 15 US cents a liter. So they don't <laughs> care about how much fuel they burn. They just yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the diving there is very much on sort of reefs of about 20 meters, very uneventful reefs, but normally diving on a flasher. And then a couple of really great wrecks where there's a lot of life on the wreck. Um, we just wow, didn't get it on. No one, no one shot fish the four days or three days we were at sea there. Um, so we, I shot a couple of, uh, I shot a big African pompano, yep. a personal best for me. I shot, uh, yeah, a couple of other smaller fish, but we didn't get the big Spanish mackerel and cobra we were after. So, and that were a little bit disappointed, but uh, what an amazing experience going to Qatar, getting to know a little bit about the country. Um, and a very wealthy country, you know, the highest GDP per capita in the world. So, you know, the, the guys there are not short of cash. And a lot of those divers have been to Ascension, all of them. They've been to French Polynesia. They've been to Mozambique. All the guys we met are extremely well-traveled um, because, obviously, they have the capital to fund that. Yeah, yeah. And so they've got big fish skills as well, I guess, from doing those trips. I'm actually surprised that you, you say it's, they're fairly uneventful reefs. They, they, what are we talking, just some flat rubble? And yeah. in, in relatively shallow water, 20 metres, and you're still getting – they still shoot doggies, I believe, don't they, at Qatar? I'm not like, sure. I, right? I didn't hear of them shooting any doggies. Okay. Yeah. But they do shoot amberjack in winter there, pretty good 20 to 30 kilo class amberjack. They shoot yeah. big Indian mirrorfish. We didn't see those, but they get a lot of big ones on the wrecks at certain times of the year. And yeah. it's probably known for its Spanish mackerel. You know, those guys okay. on a good day will shoot five Spanish mackerel over 25, 20 kilos. So yeah, there's not many places in the world you can do that. We just managed to catch, and we went the right time of year, everything. It seems as though the fishing season this year around the world seems a little late. So you've got to go a little later than you'd normally go. We certainly had that in South Africa. The yellowtail didn't come on uh, until nearly December when they're normally here in November. Likewise with the yellow tuna, everything seems to be pushed out a bit. So I'll be interested to see in your part of the world whether that's the same uh, as here. Yeah, yeah. Um, not too sure. The, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, I mean, you're, you're targeting a lot of big pelagic fish. Um, Qatar, and I see, I follow a few of the, the guys from Qatar, the, the Spiros over there um, on Instagram. Uh, what about reef fish? Is it prevalent reef fish? 
No, not really. At certain times of the year, they get a grouper, which looks a little bit like a dusky grouper, and they shoot those very good to eat. And then the most amusing fish I've ever shot, it's called a halewaloo. It's not a reef fish. It's a small pelagic, and it looks a little bit like Achel Yun, but it swims horizontally, not vertically. All fish swim vertically. This fish swims in big shoals on its side. So it swims along. Mm -hmm. uh, It's sort of like a triangle shape. And it's their favorite yeah. eating fish in Qatar. You can't catch it in, on a rod and you can't trap it. So the only way to get it is with a spear gun. And they literally come in shoals of about two, 300 fish below you. And you swim down and you shoot the smallest one you can find. So they're normally about half a kilo up to two kilos. And you shoot the smaller ones. They're really good to eat. We ate it. It's a white flesh, a silver fish with white flesh. You bride it. Yeah. It was one of the nicest tasting fish I've ever had. So halewalu. And they oh, are yeah. anywhere else in the world. It was bizarre. Yeah, right. Isn't that interesting? And, and, and such a small, um, small fish. All right, mate. Well, that's your. That's where you've been, um, and that's the journey so far. And it sounds epic already. Um, where Where are we off to? Where are we off to next? Can you run us through this? Uh, basically, I've got here a target list that I'd, I really want you to run us through, and uh, and where you're going for each one of those fish. Okay, perfect. So let me start with the target list. There's 12 fish on the list. Um, I've been sort of checking with all our contacts around the world who's got what of those fish. Um, (laughs) And the best score so far is nine out of the 12. And that's MJK. I mean, that's phenomenal. I think the person nearest to him was six. So he's definitely shot a lot of the big fish. So our first fish is a mulloway or what we call a darga salmon. And you're looking for one of those over 25 kilos. That we'll mm-hmm. get in Zululand. In um, uh, we'll be in Zululand. Uh, when, when is that trip? Uh, I think it's sometime in August. Uh, that's when yeah. the, the the fish are in that part of the world. Um, and then we're looking for a wahoo over 30 kilos. There we should be able to find that fish in quite a few of the locations that we're travelling to. But most mm-hmm. likely Latham, Latham Island okay. with Eric Allard, and we're there in October. Then we're looking for the devil fish, as it's called, the doggy. <laughs> They're you know, certainly one of the most challenging fish to hunt and the strongest. Um, they were looking for a 40 kilogram one. That'll definitely be in Latham or in Madagascar. And now in Vermizi, we leave for Vermizi Island in Mozambique tomorrow. And it's more of a family holiday. So we're there for a week, yeah. but we have three full days diving and we'll be targeting doggies on the Matunda Reef there. It's an island near Vermizi. The whole of Vermizi is a marine reserve, but Matunda is about 20 kilometers away, and you're allowed to spearfish on that reef. It's an island that sort of then stretches out three kilometers and drops down to about 40 meters with a drop-off on one side of the reef down to 250, 300 oh, yeah. meters and a big reef. So you can shoot reef fish, you can shoot doggies, you can shoot wahoo, you can get marlin, sailfish, the whole works. But it is a bit of an iffy place. Uh, sometimes it's on, sometimes it's off. And if we get really good weather the one day, we will go out to the Lazarus Banks, which are 80 miles from Vermizi, and we'll do a dive on Lazarus, which is very well known for doggies and other large pelagics. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't choose New Caledonia for, for that, that hunt for doggies. Did that, come, did that pop up on your radar at all? Not really. We are doing Tonga. So we're diving Tonga with Rob Torelli's outfit there. So I think that was sort of, um, I don't know a lot about New Caledonia. I did dive French Polynesia with G last year. Um, and we shot some very big wahoo uh, in the sort of mm. 55 kilogram class, but we lost them all to sharks. There's so many sharks mm. there. We, we couldn't keep our fish. Um, mm. So yeah, doggies, 
Um, I've shot a doggy before and landed it, but not not over 40 kilograms. So that's on this list probably the fish I'd most like to get, um, having got the yeah. marlin. Marlin was my first fish. Um, and then uh, the next fish is marlin over 80 kilograms. Um, yeah. A sailfish over 30 kilograms. Sailfish will oh, get yeah. in most of the pelagic spots from Mozambique to um, Cape Vidal, uh, Richards Bay in, in South Africa, Madagascar, um, and uh, Tonga. So I think we'll have quite a few options to, to get those fish. Madagascar is known for its sailfish. So I think we'll have a very good chance of getting a sailfish over 30 kilograms there. Then in the Panama trip, we'll be looking for rooster fish. It's such yeah, a beautiful that's exciting. fish. And yes. uh, Enrique who lives in Panama and has spent 20 years spearfishing there. Basically spearfishers for a living, uh, taking people around and just shooting fish for himself. He's, he's quite a wealthy guy, owns a lot of land in Panama and uh, just loves spearfishing as much as I do. So he's become a very good personal friend. And I'm his guest in Panama, and he's my guest in Latham Island as well. So, ah, so nice. that's great. Um, and then big kuberas. He doesn't actually shoot rooster fish or kuberas. He's shot one of each before, and, and they're not great eating. So, but he'll be taking us to hunt for those two fish. Very exciting. They get big roosters, and they get yeah. very big kuberas there. Um, we were there last year. We were unfortunate. It was just when that Mexican earthquake hit, and the fish seemed okay. a little more scarce. But I did get ten personal bests in in Panama. So. The word Panama means abundance of fish. So uh, any oh, place really? has a word that means abundance yeah. of fish to go there often. Yeah, the Cubera the is just so impressive. Like they're just a snapper on steroids, aren't they? They're just so impressive. I'd be interested to see that how that goes and how dirty that fish fights because a reef fish of that size must be a hell of a thing to get off the bottom, you know. Yeah, I shot one of 13 kilos last year and it pulled so hard. I shot it at 28 meters. I sort of vowed to myself I wouldn't shoot another Kubera deeper than 20 meters because they fight so hard for their yeah. size. I just imagined a 25 kilo one and I thought I got a good <laughs> shot into it, but they're very hardy fish and they love yep. to go into caves when you shoot them. So you got to then work them out of the cave if you don't get a kill shot. So yeah. Then the other fish we're targeting is a yellowtail kingfish over 20 kilograms. Um, there we're going to the Three King Islands and around South Africa. But South Africa, 20 kilo plus yellowtail is quite a rare event. Um, I've mm -hmm. shot three of 19 kilos. So I haven't quite broken 20. But uh, mm -hmm. my good diving partners in the Eastern Cape have all got three or four fish around the 24, 23 kilogram mark. So that's a fish we're going to be targeting at Three Kings. It's well known for its sort of 40 kilo plus yellowtail. And our friend Nat Davey, I think, holds the world record 50.1 kilograms. And Rochelle Potter, his partner, has yeah. the women's world record. We met them in Ascension, great divers. So we'd have loved to dive Three Kings with both of them, but unfortunately, yeah. working power or abalone season. So they'll be working when we're over there. The next fish is the Spanish mackerel, over 20 kilograms. We should have some luck with that in Mozambique or in Zululand. Mm. Um, then there's a tuna over 100 kilos. Doesn't matter which tuna. Could be a big eye. Could be a yellowfin. Could be one of the other tuna family. I've I've got one of those. I shot a 115 kilo yellowfin oh, in yeah. Ascension, yep. and I shot a 120 kilo yeah 120 kilo bluefin southern bluefin tuna in um, New Zealand last year. And then a really tough fish to get will be the cobia. You're trying to get a 25 kilogram cobia or prodigal son. Uh, I think we had our chance <laughs> in. Um, Tar, they're regularly that big. Most of the divers yeah. there shot one of uh, between 30 and 40 kilos. So that will be one we'll be looking for. And then obviously the, the giant Trevelli or the GT, we'll be looking for 25 kilos. So that's the 12 fish we're targeting. Um, yep. And 
yeah, I mean, pretty excited to. I've probably got four or five ticks already on that list, but we'll be looking for for um, you know for the ones I don't have. Remaining undetected underwater is essential for spearfishing. Hex Aquatic have gone that one step further than most wetsuit manufacturers, and they have developed a wetsuit that stops you from emitting your electromagnetic pulse. Now, this is a great advantage when stalking fish underwater. Now, if you'd like to know more about this product, check them out at hexaquatic.com. That's hexaquatic.com, or go onto our website and visit our episode with Warren Bird from Hex Aquatic as he describes this new technology in depth. Chances are, if you're listening to the Noob Spiro podcast, you love hearing other people's adventures, stories, tips and techniques, and what they have learned from around the world. Now, Spearing Magazine, Noob Spiro's partner, have got the best spearfishing magazine in the world, and it is jam-packed with stories from all over the globe. If you go to spearingmagazine.com, you can buy yourself a subscription to the magazine and get a free hat or long sleeve shirt. That's spearingmag.com. Chris, that's uh, that's basically you know the who, what, where, and when of what's happening. And it sounds amazing, mate. We're going. You're going to catch up with us uh, once a month. Uh, you're going to call in and, and let us know uh, where you're going, what part of the world you're off to, and who you're going with. And then you're going to call in uh, a week or so later after the hunt and sort of let us know how you went and what you learnt. On, uh, on each trip and, and we're going to uh, drip feed those out with our episodes uh, every second episode so that's that's what we're doing with Spear Junkies so we're going to keep everybody in the loop with what's actually happening and just to see if uh, you tick those goals off along the way mate so there's going to be a lot of people now riding on that and uh, and making sure that you actually uh, get those fish. Mate in the meantime uh, how can listeners of the Noob Spiro podcast follow you besides the Noob Spiro podcast? So we have an Instagram account. You can follow us at, at Spear, Junkie, Spear Junkies. Um, yeah, we'll be putting up some of our photos. We'll be putting up some of our videos, a bit of a teaser on each of the trips. Because we are shooting a TV series, we won't always share our best footage. We'll be saving that for the TV series. But please follow us at, at Spear Junkies. We're also busy with a website. It is up a draft website, but we'll be having the profiles of each of the divers with some of their best fish, and we'll be sharing some video footage of each of the trips as we go along. Um, yeah, so I'd really hope people will follow us at, at Spear Junkies, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll follow you guys and uh, uh, build a community of spearfishing around the world. Uh, it's a good way to get to know other divers, so when we travel to your part of the world, we can meet up and share stories and have a beer and yeah, just uh, enjoy the camaraderie that always exists in the spearfishing community. Maybe next year we'll uh, have the second series of Spear Junkies and we can, we'll definitely be visiting Australia. So you guys could hopefully be uh, diving with us and, and getting to know you. I know we have invited you to come out to South Africa so we can look after you and take you to hunt the mussel crackers and the other fish that we have here. So we look forward to getting to meet you guys in person. We're, we're working on it. The... Um I, I actually wanted to ask you, uh, the uh, the Spanish mackerel, I, I can't. I actually thought if I was to look at your list there of all these fish and if I was, if I was going to be honest with you and say that you set the bar a little bit low for any one of these fish, I'd say it's the Spanish mackerel at 20 kilos because even I've shot a mackerel at 20, 22 kilos and it's, it actually happened. I mean, Shrek hasn't. He hasn't broken the um, the 20 kilo Spanish mackerel um, 
uh, Mark, yeah, I think he's about 17 kilos or something like that. He's had a red hot go, but he couldn't do it. But uh, I'm surprised that I thought you might have gone for a 30, 35 kilo Spanish mackerel and maybe tried to target them on the West Australian coast because that's where the world record's been shot at. And it was an absolutely huge fish. I think it was in the 40 kilo range. Yeah. So um, uh, I think next time, mate. Yeah, I think we, we did get a couple of the fish sizes wrong last year. So we actually put this list together last year. And originally yeah. we had a 50 kilo wahoo and a, <laughs> and an 80 kilogram doggy. And I think there's only yeah. a handful of divers in the world who've done that. So we dropped those two weights. And I think you're probably right. Yeah. We could have increased the Spanish mackerel maybe to 25, 30 kilos. We don't get yeah. them that big in South Africa. 20 kilo no. plus fish is quite a rare fish here. So I think you're probably right. That's one we could have had a bit bigger. And maybe the cobia we could have dropped to 20 kilos. But I think we wanted to have one or two fish that are really hard to get. We also wanted to mm. have one or two fish so that any good sparrow says he can tick at least one tick. It's a bit embarrassing <laughs> when the guys tick their shirts and they've only I've got one. <laughs> I've got one. Oh, I'm looking at the list. I think that's all I've got there. One, one. Oh, what was your kingfish at? What was your yellowtail at? 40 kilos? No, I haven't got uh, one. The yellowtail's 20 kilos. kilos. A yellowtail Oh, is it? So I don't know if you've got that yet. Mate, I've come very close. I think, I'm, I think, but to be fair, I'm probably a couple of kilos off it, two kilos off that one, unfortunately. So I might get two. That might be actually an interesting thing. I'd like to see how many of our listeners, how many of these fish they have actually ticked off. Now, you've got some hats, I believe, for our listeners. So um, what do they need to do, Chris? Do we want them to... Uh, uh, Newspear listeners to head on over to your Spear Junkies Instagram and start following you? Yeah, that would be great if they could. And also if they could post anyone who's got more than sort of seven ticks of those fish. We'll put the list of fish up on the Instagram. And I think Excellent. anyone who's sort of got more than seven or eight ticks, uh, we'd like to hear from you because you sound like somebody we should be diving with wherever you are <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and we'll send a, send us some Spear Junkies caps over to you and some T-shirts. Um, I think on the back of the T-shirts, we have the list of fish and a little box that you can tick. Um, and we were amazed when we got to, you know, Rob Torelli, I think, only had five or six ticks. Um, the best right? in South Africa only had four or five. Um, so the, the ticks were pretty hard. Um, when, when MJK got to nine, I was very impressed. And really, I think, if you know, if he does take a trip out to Panama and get his rooster and his kubera, I think he might have done the Kubera. There were a couple of fish. I think maybe the yellow, no, yellowtail kingfish. He's been to three kings. He shot a 30 kilogram one there. Uh, the the, the Mullaway he hasn't got as well. So he could come out to South Africa. We could take him in, in the winter months to hunt those in Durban or northern Durban. Um, but yeah. Phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. I, I can't wait to, to watch this series. I think it's just absolutely brilliant. All right, Chris, I think that covers it, mate, until we hear from you uh, at your next hunt. So, uh, I, I, which is uh, Vermezi, so on the 4th 11th of April. So, uh, until then, mate, uh, happy diving and stay safe. We, we're looking forward to all your adventures. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And if there's anyone out there who has good contacts in the TV industry and could put us in touch with a distributor who might be able to help us get this aired, um, we'd really appreciate your feedback. Um, we will have an email address. My email address is cris at c2c.co.za. And I will also have a Spear Junkies uh, email address, cris at spearjunkies.com. They'll get set up this week. So, yeah, if they can let us know how we'd be able to get this thing aired. We were a little bit worried about killing fish and the whole sort of greenie movement around the world. He's a bit nervous of 
um, people killing the fish. You know, fish fish programs often release the fish fishing. Mm. Um, but you know, spear fishing part of it is the selectivity of our, our diving. Um, and you know, a lot of the fish released by by rod fishermen uh, do die anyway. Um, Absolutely. Wicked tuna, they do kill the tuna. Um, and it's one or two fish, and uh, that seems to be an incredibly popular show. So we're hoping spear junkies will get out there and teach people a lot about the ocean. We have some amazing footage of, you know, hunting fish on, on whale sharks and meeting manta rays and a lot of the fish life turtles that you see out there. So we want to share that with the world. Sounds sounds amazing, mate. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, I can't wait to see it, and and let's hope uh, somebody gets on board and uh, and we see this thing aired. It, it sounds absolutely incredible. All right, Chris, um, that's all from. You'll have to ask Shrek to, to, to join us on one of our interviews. I've done two interviews with you guys, and I haven't been able to abuse Shrek yet. So tell him he has to, to get on the phone next time, so we can we can give him a hard time. Oh, well, let's uh, let's team up for uh, maybe midway through this adventure, and we can do a longer form show, and uh, and you can meet. We, we can, I can, I can play matchmaker, and uh, and you can finally meet Shrek. <laughs> he's, I, I know he's, uh, he's going to be hard to get shortly, actually, because he's doing, uh, he's uh, as a, a teenager, as a teenage mid thirty year old, he's doing some uh, trek from China through to Russia. So uh, I'm not sure exactly when that kicks off, but uh, he's having his own little adventure, and then. Uh, the plan is when Shrek gets back, we uh, we get a uh, a world tour of our own going. Probably not to this scale, Chris. To be fair, um, we're probably not looking for fish of that size because we probably don't have the skills. But still, we uh, we're looking. I think maybe 2019, 2020. I think um, when Shrek's got all his travel travel bugs all done and dusted, then we're going to hit the road and uh, shoot some of our own fish. So looking forward to it. Okay, well, get yourselves to South Africa and we'll take care of you from there. You'll have no costs in South Africa. We'll be our guest. That sounds absolutely amazing. I can't wait. And it sounds incredible. Like the way that you're talking up South Africa just sounds sounds absolutely amazing. Like um, Mozambique sounds awesome, mate. I'd, I've dived the Coral Sea and I did, wouldn't think it could get any better, but I'm uh, I'm very intrigued actually with, uh, with Mozam. It looks amazing. Yeah, maybe we can organize a trip up to Nyaka. You know, that's an amazing dive spot. But South Africa has fairly rough seas, so uh, mm. and and we don't have a local sort of fishing culture. So the people in South Africa don't fish a lot. There's a bit of recreational fishing and commercial fishing, but there's no subsistence fishing here. So our fish population wow. is protected both by the weather, the visibility, and um, and and also by not having a big culture of, of, of subsistence. There's no subsistence fishing really here. So we've got good fish still. Um, and you, you have to play it by the weather. So you're limited by the good days you get. But when you get out there, you generally get some world-class fish. Thanks for, thanks for joining us, mate. And, uh, and we'll catch up very shortly. Great. Thanks for the chat. Thanks. Jeepers, every week Turbo gets better. He's, he's, yeah. That was a bloody good interview with uh, with Chris Dillon, uh, round number two, to learn all about the spear junkies. And uh, it was great to hear a bit about the concept and kind of where it came from. So I'm excited to watch and follow their journey on Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to link that up in the show notes, but you can check them out on Instagram at, at at Spear Junkies, they've got a talented team of guys and a, and a very ambitious list of target species. Really looking forward to getting these 
temporary updates as the pro- as the project kind of progresses, and um, some of that f- footage will start leaking out onto Instagram, and we can um, we can sort of drool at some of the fish and opportunities these guys have because it's a uh, it's a pretty special sort of opportunity. Not many of us can do it. So follow them at Spear Junkies on Instagram or Facebook. All right, moving on. Uh, there's a couple of there's a couple of good stories going around now. Occasionally, if you go to noobspero.com and sign up to our newsletter, I'll send out a reading roundup, which is kind of like the best articles um, I've found in the spearfishing world getting around, and I'll just put them into a list with a little bit of a summary about why I liked them. But I thought on the back end of this episode, I'd also give you a quick update on a few stories getting around. Now, number one, the Florida skin divers are, are going to hold the next USOA National Spearfishing Championships and it's scheduled for late June for from June the 25th to the 29th out of the out of the Clearwater Yacht Club in Clearwater Beach at Florida so it's a prestigious tournament very well known and uh, it's it'll be well worth looking into so you can check out some more details about the tournament on deeperblue.com and learn about that uh, I'll link I'll link all these stories I'm going to talk about up in the show notes though so head over to noobspear.com forward slash spear junkies to find out a bit more um, probably the best story I read this month was the breathless my blackout story by ryan myers and uh, you can find a story at ryanmyersexpeditions.com he's a guide he's also sponsored by hex uh, also noobs one of noobs bureau's major sponsors um and ryan wrote a a really sort of eye-opening story and a, just a really frank and honest um story about a blackout in the lead up to the Greek Spearfishing World Championships uh, in the Mediterranean last year. Now these guys were diving to sort of freakish depths and when you do repetitive dives to those sorts of depths um, there's risks of uh, decompression sickness and um, so these guys follow rigorous sort of protocols to, to manage that but some of them still come away with injuries and different things that can happen to your body when you put it under that much stress. And uh, Ryan's story is about, it's about a fish getting holed up in 42 metres of water after he shot it and he's had to go down and retrieve it. And even after a really nice surface interval, you know, so, some things have gone wrong. And uh, I'd encourage you to read that story. It's, um, it's very well written from a very experienced Sparrow and it's a very honest look at, at, what, at what can happen to you. And uh, the, the story was originally published in Spearing Magazine. And, uh, you know, those guys get hold of some of the best stuff, you know, getting around the planet. So it's definitely a good read, great picks. And uh, like I said, a, a really experienced guy, just talking frankly about one of one of the, um, one of of the his uh, sort of um, biggest moments in spearfishing, I guess you could say. All right, moving on. Um, another great tournament started, a local Kill for a Cause spearfishing tournament. Now, these things are becoming more and more popular, and uh, we love hearing about them here at the Noob Spiro. Um, you know, good good, good mate Pat Swanson there helped start the Catfish Cull in Lake Taupo in New Zealand. So basically Spiros can get involved in local tournaments where they help uh, in this conservation effort. Uh, generally it's to remove an invasive species that's um, destroying or competing with native species or you know both uh, plant life and other marine life and that they're just they're ruining the ecosystem now these guys this this particular tournament is in texas and what they basically do is they chase out two species which is the tilapia and the pleco 
the longer name for this fish is the Plecostomus, but anyway, everyone calls them Pleco. So they go out and just smash the hell out of the tilapia and Pleco population, and a, someone's, a couple of people actually man a barbecue and feed all the divers, but about 50 people get in the water and go and kill these things every year. You can check out that, that story at txstate.edu. Um, and find out a little bit more about that tournament. But um, we love hearing about these things. They're a great sort of effort Spiros can get involved with. And um, and it's a good way to connect with divers, you know. Uh, so I'll link that one up. Uh, but awesome, great to hear that story as well. And like I said, uh, this this interview with Chris Dillon, we will we'll, we will get peri- periodic updates along the way with the Spear Junkies crew, and hear a bit more about it. They've got a they've got an exciting exciting team, and they're going some exciting destinations. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Next in the next fortnight, we're going to Melbourne again to talk to freediving instructor Eckhart, and he's got. He's got information for days. This is the longest interview we've ever done, but it's for good reason. He he just delivers over and over and over again. This interview is jam-packed with plenty of information. He's ran spearfishing courses and freediving courses, and he comes from South Africa. So his stories and uh, his knowledge are just very good, very solid, and uh, really looking forward to sharing that with you guys. So come back in two weeks. Thanks for listening to the Noob Spirit podcast today. And uh, just a final thank you for our sponsors. Uh, without them we couldn't do the show so if you'd like to save $20 on every purchase over 200 go to spearfishing.com.au and directly support the new Spirit podcast or head along and check out Hex Aquatic it's the technology helping Spiros get quite closer to marine life and they've jumped on board the new Spirit podcast in the last few episodes and it's great to have the Hex Aquatic team on board um, check out that technology it's the latest thing going in the spearfishing world finally spearing magazine spearingmagazine.com Oorah! these guys have got uh, the best photography and underwater stories on the planet get hold of their magazine he's still got a if you email jeremy at spearingmagazine.com you can still get hold of a back issue deal uh, he's sold out most of the catalogue of the back issues, but you can still get a special deal, especially if you're down under like South Africa, New Zealand, Australia. You can get hold of, I think it's about seven issues he's got left, and he'll do you a deal. But you've got to email him, jeremy at spearingmagazine.com. Also supporting the New Spirit podcast. So three fantastic people to go and check out. Um, so awesome, awesome to have you with us. See you in two weeks, guys. Thanks for listening today. Mm-hmm.